when I started to realize like, oh my God, what's really going on is like NFTs alone, just singularly driving the entire crypto revolution. They are Web3. Welcome to the Fintech Gen Podcast. I'm Presence, and every Saturday I speak to fintech enthusiasts to learn about all topics related to fintech. Learn from NFT artists to blockchain developers and business founders on how fintech is changing the world really, and how we can be a part. Welcome to the show and let's get into it. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Fintech Gen. Today I'm really excited to be talking to Corellis, who is doing a bunch of things in NFTs um, from what I've seen. And you're the founder of Brand New Voices. I know it's like a an NFT, well, mar- marketing and branding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, ex- yeah. That's, yeah, think? so I'm, um, I'm the founder of, uh, thank you for the intro and uh, Sorry, I'm, I'm the founder of Brand New Voices. <laughs> uh, no, it's great to be here. Thank, thank you for having me, Presence, and to meet you. Um, uh, and yeah, so I'm, I'm the founder of Brand New Voices, and it's uh, kind of a it, it's started out as almost an experiment in just traveling around, you know, like all the just like everyone else traveling around Web three. Um, but I, I have a lot of a, um, kind of background in. Before it was Web3, it was, you know, we called it blockchain back in 2017. And that's when I started kind of getting into the space. I had a, um, I had a, I was a co-founder of a tech nonprofit and we were trying to address, um, our platform was meant to address homelessness. And um, so we, we, uh, my partner and I at the time, we set out on this uh, really crazy mission to, um, guide converse we wanted to guide conversations within um within using a tech led solution to um homelessness so instead of rely you know we we thought about like explored like what well, should we just become a nonprofit and like you know become experts in you know neither of us were like experts in this field so we thought what but we had a, about it uh well i mean just a lot of empathy for the, the the plight of of homelessness and i mean there's obviously that's the stem of both of our i think more than that we we saw the conversations you know they're just not very healthy online especially on uh, social media when it came to homelessness and it's a it's that was in 20 yeah 2017 and here in i'm in portland oregon in the in the western us and so the western us is really been hit it's it's the most visible i would say and out of any of the u.s states where it's like you know portland seattle um los angeles um you know these these cities that uh it's it's just more out in the open and so a lot of it was pretty raw these are considered liberal cities um in in the u.s but they're you know my partner and i kind of a lot we we started talking about this whole situation how it's leading to a lot of toxicity, even with liberals who so you know supposedly care about these issues. But we saw something kind of really bad happening, where it was like the conversations around it became kind of um, you know really really toxic. I mean, that's as simple as that. And so we thought, how what what could we do to address it? And we and so we came up with this um, idea that we would have a tech solution to it, a platform where we could connect cities together to find solutions, but, but guide it with nonprofits um, inside of our platform 
to um, guide the conversations and, and compare notes basically with like between cities and connect cities together. And, um, and then we had this other component, which we called the homeless hackathon. And so that was meant to be like a, like a tech hackathon, but we were applying it to social impact and um, with, with homelessness. And, and it was meant to bring technologists and kind of like a, you know, younger generation attraction, a lot of, a lot of tech people that have, you know, a lot of big heart, but maybe don't get involved in, in a cause like homelessness because they, so, you know, it's just not, it's not in their day to day. Right. Yeah. And we, that's what we started to identify. Like, what are the things that get people into their day to day where they can solve big problems? And, and so that was a result of, of that ended up leaving that, that company, but a lot of the lesson, a lot of the innovation that we came up with, I, I, start, I applied it to what I came up with with brand new voices, you know, absorbed a lot of that into what I do now. When web, when web three hit, I was kind of ready for it. I felt like, you know, it came out, of, I, I was really surprised at like NFTs, especially because I had been in blockchain space, kind of the social impact blockchain space, not the investment side of Bitcoin and all that, but gotten enough knowledge in 2017 and 2018 to know that I wanted to go that way. I wasn't so deep involved that I, I, I was going to change a career at that point. I, I stayed in marketing and um, kind of niche down into bank marketing, small bank marketing. So that's what I've been doing. But then Web3 kind of and creator economy kind of blew up over the last year. And I think those the that, those two merged together, the creator economy and, and, um, and Web3 and NFTs in particular just like exploded and I don't, I don't think anyone saw that coming and even in crypto yeah, uh, so it's been interesting i mean at first i didn't under i just like a lot of people i didn't understand what was going on i had known about them from 2017 when you know crypto kitties came out i was in real observation mode back then of like what does this all mean like all i cared about really was the blockchain and what what blockchain could do for social impact and environmental and stuff like that. So I went to conferences and that that was my focus on kind of like nonprofit and blockchain. So that I was, I think I kind of missed that because when I heard of CryptoKitties, I remember I, this developer friend of mine was like, can you, you hear about this CryptoKitties thing? And I was like, that sounds like the dumbest thing. I mean, it's just, it, it's just like, that's, that's it's not like what this should be. <laughs> yeah, breeding kitties. And I thought that's not what this space should be about. That's just a bunch of silly silliness i don't know what they're doing they're making a game of it it's just i don't want to so i didn't i didn't pay attention to that stuff but that was really that was the first you know the, the first nfts were that kind of thing i didn't know the movement that had been building since then um and so when it when it basically just you know when people sold his his you know big artwork in 2021 early you know march i think it was i was like whoa like this is this is insane what, what is going on because this is not just uh this doesn't seem like a a, a thing it's, there was this movement behind it and then i started connecting the dots and going like oh it's it goes back to you know the crypto kitties and all that so then i started paying it i started you know read i was like i gotta catch up now so i started to really get into the the culture but i had had this you know I was fortunate enough to have a, enough of a base because of just understanding of blockchain and crypto to to level up pretty quickly. But I, I, I don't think I don't think I still understood it for quite a 
quite a while into 2021, I was still, you know, like a lot of people just exploring around and not quite understanding what the appeal was to like Board Apes Yacht Club when that first hit. I just, I didn't understand the difference between like the profile photos and the one-on-one artwork. You know, I think it really helps to know, categorize those things in NFTs to know that like, oh, a one-on-one is, you know, a unique piece of art that is different than the, the PFP projects. Because there, there's, a, I think there's a whole different, like, way of even thinking about NFTs if you understand the categories of them and what what their application is, you know. Because um, mm-hmm. within NFT, you, people talk about NFTs and they think, oh, it's NFTs, like it's a sort of one thing. But yeah. as we can see, it's 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 very it's a it's emerging to be a very rich ecosystem of things. Mm. Yeah, could you share a bit uh, about like the different categories that you've you've um, identified and like where where do you see NFTs going in the future and how it's you know going to be applied? I think it, to answer the first question, like in terms of the categories, you know, there's category. I, I guess do you mean categories like utility NFTs or I, I guess I was thinking more like the artwork NFTs where there's like the one on ones, meaning like a like kind of like a traditional painting that oh, you would collection. see. Yeah, and then the collection. Yeah. So the, those are the two that I think are the most important. The other ones, you know, there's, I can't rattle off all of the different categories, but there's the utility, pure utility NFTs. There's, um, oh gosh, I mean, there's so many applications, there, there's so many emerging applications to them that yeah. it's almost like you can do with, you know, to me, they're community builders. That's what, that's generally what I, how I view them. Um, if I had to put it into one, big category i would say the the secret sauce is in an nft is a community builder it's a tool for community building um can you expand a bit by what you mean like how how can is it because you know people who have that collection like you know one one piece Mm -hmm. of collection that is the main thing that builds community or like what do you mean when you mean like yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think any just about anyone who's kind of aped into a, a an NFT collection would probably understand it in terms of there's a reason they bought that. And there's a there's usually a an an identity situation where they they identify with the artwork and then the project that is, you know, they'll you'll read a roadmap or you'll read a little bit about the project and go, oh, that's what, you know, it's being used for this, this, and this, the utility part that people mention. Um, but, you know, and then that's that's what I think is the community part. When, once you understand that and you kind of feel it, you, you know, people tend to purchase that, you know, NFT based on those, you know, a, a, a lot of it's, you know, emotion and feelings and and just you like the art but then i think for me it was like what's you know what's the community like or what what kind of what could be possible with this in terms of um and i don't think too deeply about it but i think it's 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 a consideration like is this the type of values that i hold in can i see it in this artwork first of all that's the first one and then and then secondly, I might look at the community. Um, it depends on the project, but but certain projects, I think, uh, you know, they sort of pop out once you look at it from a values point of view. 
I think then you, 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 if you lead by values and what that, the meaning behind the artwork is, I think you're much better off understanding what you can do with this thing. What, what's the power of this? And so that's where I think the community opportunities come in because a lot of these don't have roadmaps, you know, like I have one that I'm involved in and it has no roadmap. It has zero roadmap. It wasn't meant to. And so this brings in a lot of confusion. Obviously some people don't even know what, why they, but they bought it for a reason. The interesting thing about that one is the community kind of formed organically and now it's, you know, it's only a month and a half old or something, but it's, we've developed a really like we're we are the community where it's a truly community run and the creator you know is very he's inspirational but he's very hands-off he doesn't consider himself the the leader necessarily but but he's looked at as a i don't maybe a father figure in some way like he's the he's the creator of the art and so he you know the interesting thing is no one there's no marketing that was done to create that. There's no, in fact, I don't think you could do marketing around that. You can't create brand like that even like it's, that's how it is. So it's very special. So the people who have kind of been part of it all feel, you know, we all feel like it's just weird. Like well, there's thousands of people in this like discord, but we all sort of like say the same things. Is or, there like a meaning yeah. mission behind the Yeah. No, that's the funny thing. There's no there was no there was no mission beyond I mean it wasn't apparent, it wasn't obvious. And I think that's the actually the power of it is that it was literally in the art beyond your words. And I think that's that's when you realize the true power of what an, what the NFT can be because when it goes beyond it like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because when you go, you know, when you go beyond I don't know. Have you ever read Simon Sinek's um, finding about your why? Is that what it's called? Uh, the why book? From yeah. 2000, okay. Golden Circle. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Circle. Yeah, exactly. Um, I love that book. And I actually use that as a base for a lot of, you know, marketing and brand and just the community building. I think it's it's a fantastic book. But it's also, I mean, I think it applies to so many things, you know, in life and, and business. but. But there's one part of the book where he talks about the, we, we almost don't have words to express our true why. Like when people ask you, like, you know, why are you volunteering for this cause that you obviously feel passionate about? And, and you, usually the answer will be like, oh, yeah, I mean, I just really care about helping people. And, you know, you'll get these sort of answers that are very, because that's our, that's the language that we speak, because it's too, it's almost like, if you go too deep, you you can't even explain it yourself of why you're attracted to something, something that drives you. Like it could be, I mean, that could be from religion to, you know, music to like, why do you listen to a certain song? Like some people literally can't explain it. They, they, it's beyond their words. You know, we had, we don't have the language and that's what Sinek talks about is like, the, the true why, the deep, deep why of what drives like really innovative companies, they're not, it's not explainable even to the consumer, like an Apple product or something. You can't really explain. There's like a feeling and that that's what gets you beyond the obvious. Like 
oh, this computer has this feature versus that feature. But but why did I pick this one? Why am I so interested in this one? And that's what he talks about is like, it's connected to your words, kind of your your deeper, it's almost like it's connected to your story somehow and you can't express it fully. So when I look at NFTs, I've sort of looked at it in that framework that the artwork is so, some of the artwork is so powerful that you don't even know what's attracting you, but you are, it's very deep inside you. You can't explain it. And so when we could talk about community, what this does is it's very powerful because you have a lot of the people that have bought into it share that same why, I guess you could say, but they, they don't always explain it. They can't even explain it, but they're, there's they're powerfully connected to it you know and so i think that's what the the real the real power in nfts is is about the the artwork that goes beyond our our language um which is unlike anything i've ever seen in my life in terms of how it can establish connections between people visually and on at scale right like it's not this is at scale this is not you know, my a club at a local club that I joined, where only a hundred people know about it. This is like, a, you know, we we can extend this out to the the world um, through the internet. So it's that's it's a it's a it's a it's a massive scale, and it's so it's like art at scale. Um, but you know, it's art plus it's this utility part, this purpose. We can use them for community, like, you know, they can be used as like tickets to events, for instance, but unlike a typical ticket, it's got a lot of values built into it, like in terms of what the meaning of that event would be beyond just the going to the event, because then you can establish community beyond that. Like you go to the event, but then a lot of the people might stay connected. They might they might build a product off of the event and and stay in these communities and continue to ideate around the the NFT that acted as an access ticket to an event and then they went to the event together in the metaverse or physical it doesn't matter and then they they network together and they're using that community they're 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 using that same community that they bought into essentially through the the NFT. It's just like fascinating how like the amount of money people are willing to pay for the right, NFT. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like some people just think like, this is crazy. Like how, how, how do you justify the price for a JPEG? Right. And, you know, I don't know if you, did you, have you heard about the latest just the other day, like Justin Bieber paid a, mi- a million dollars for the, yeah. one of the board apes, which uh, there's other board apes that are worth that much, but, but, that was a not a rare one, and so people are like, "What? It's probably worth, you know, I don't know, two hundred thousand or whatever on market." But he pays a million, so it's like, "Why did he do this?" And you know, we can speculate, but he got screwed. You know, he's he, he's just dumb or whatever. He's Justin Bieber's just dumb, <laughs> and I don't think so. I I think what what's happening is I'm not saying he's he's gone through all this you know deep thought about why you did it but i think what you start what we're starting to see is that it's worth that much that it's kind of like a house when it's an expensive house and you've made an offer way above because you really want this house so you could say that's kind of dumb too gosh you paid like 
you know, $100,000 over the asking price. No one asked, why would you do that? Because I want this out. It's very important to me. And so it's the same thing. This this is like, you know, it's obviously a lot of money, even for a rich person. <laughs> like, it's, it's still a lot of money. Yeah. And what is, so what is he after? It can't be the, it can't just be the JPEG. There's no way. Like, that's ridiculous. That's, that's not what it is. It, it's more. And I think they're typically after is a whole new way of looking at business and building community that they can't do. Like even those hot Hollywood people, they can't do that. They, that's how powerful these things are. They can't access that level of, you know, um, you know, people who are so would, would travel with them no matter what, like that's, that's not, that's just not possible. I don't think you can do it in another way except through the NFT because there's a really, there's a very, very powerful way that these things attach to people's identities that you can't, you can't replicate that in the real world with a ticket or an event. Like I don't, I would argue with anyone who says that because if you look at an event, it's just not like that. You, you, you go to, you network there, you know, you, you know, you have your, you might network, you might do business with someone after the event, but it's not the same thing. You're not connected to the event in a, in a values based way to your own identity, right? Like if I go to the Adobe conference and I go and, you know, meet a lot of people, this is exciting. I, this is a great, you know, I paid a couple thousand dollars for this conference. I learned a lot, but do I think of that conference as part of my identity? Like, Oh, a year later, right? Like the so Adobe conference. It's, yeah. So I <laughs> do think it's because 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 an NFT is like you like the underlying technology. You once you buy it, you own it. <clears throat> Does that automatically make people feel like, oh, this is my identity? And that is yeah, that what right. yeah, it's, it that, like yeah yeah. It's, that's a good. I mean, that's a good point. I I think it's the I think it's both two a couple things. It's the convergence of the technology with that ownership. Because yeah, like if I go to the Adobe conference, I'm not an owner of anything. I bought, I paid money, and I went to the event. You know, Adobe took my money, <laughs> whatever, yeah. and they paid you know paid it out to the to the speakers and all that, but. Yeah, so there's this ownership piece that makes it very unique, which is really unusual. So there's that. That's part of it. But the second part is, I think, uh, the art. I mean, honestly, it's it's like Gary Vee. If you look at what he's doing, he knew, like, I don't know if he knew it or it's just something that happened, but he connected, he connected the artwork which aren't very good, frankly. I mean, I don't really, <laughs> I, I don't think, like, I don't know any artist who's like, that's a really good art. But, yeah. but, but to, to his point, he, he, he's even said on interviews, like, that's not, that's not what the, it, the NFT is not about the, it's not really about the art. Yeah. Some people will take issue with it, but he was saying, I, you know, I'm, I've got money. I can go hire a professional artist. I could have done that from the beginning, but why didn't I? Because that, Whatever I produce out there, is, it's me. Yeah. No, it's me. I mean, it's me. It's my own creation, and it's my own, you know, personal brand. I did it. So therefore, you know, when someone makes that purchase, they are getting. It's kind of like a piece of him. He's he's giving a piece of himself to that person through this. That 
you know, that's the level that, that it should be looked at because it's not really about, I guess you could, you could call it storytelling. Like if you, if you think about not the visual part of the art, but just the story art is storytelling, you know, so it's passing a story on. So if you look at it, if you just take the storytelling piece, it kind of doesn't matter what you produce in the visuals or the aesthetics. It's about the story. Is this thing telling the story that I identify with? You know, it has to be aligned with the person's story too. Like it can't just be some, like, if I don't like Gary V, I'm not yeah. going to like his, his story. And therefore I'm not going to like his art. Yeah. But if I'm, if I really am a fan of Gary V and his values and I followed him for years, maybe. I'm going to look at his art in a whole different light. Just like art is, it's a, that's why it's subjective because I can look at it and you can look at it, but we'll have different di- different conclusions. And I think that's because of our stories. We it tell it it's speaking to us differently. Yeah, and like it may identify with you, and you're like, my this piece is just it just makes me cry and all this. Yeah. And I'm like, I, yeah, that's good, but I don't, I'm not seeing that, and that's because you've attached. Somehow it speaks to your story. And I think this is the whole, this is really the deeper stuff in the NFTs where it's able to link the storytelling, power of storytelling and, and through art together with the, the buyer. But then the buyer is not just a buyer of a product, they become an owner. <laughs> and so now you have ownership stake in the idea and you can now evolve that idea. You can you can take that and and continue to evolve it beyond its original form. That, that's just revolution to me. It's re, it's revolutionizing art itself of what it means because you can't. We've never been able to do that with art. You don't take an artist's piece from a, you know, you go buy a, a piece of art at a gallery. You take it home. You don't get to. You don't get to take part in that story in. The uh, new creations on top of that piece of art, it, yeah. but in an NFT you can. I mean, there's there's factors. There some artists are in, even encourage it. You know that that's when it gets into this Web three thing of um, which is called composability. It's a very kind of key part of Web three and, and blockchain, meaning like kind of this. It, I guess the simple ex- explanation is Lego blocks. Is that you, you're taking you know, Lego blocks, building blocks, and you're, you're not re you're not always recreating the wheel. You're taking modular blocks and passing it on and then building on top of it. But the original blocks do get assigned to owners of who, where's the provenance of that? Who is the owner of that particular thing? And you can do, you can do this with NFTs. Um, So this means that a lot of art artists, that really get the composability, they don't care if you are even ripping their artwork apart because they know that they have, they created the first original inspiration for that idea. And it's always going to be attributed to them. So even if you take it and and take it apart and create something new on top of it, then that's okay because they get to tell, they get to, pass their story on through your story now because i feel like most people don't really think that like most people would just be like ah it's just a jpeg they they won't (laughs) as deep um but funnily um like just before you yes saturday saturday i talked to um uh 
an NFT artist called Abby, and she created a collection from her story of like having a broken family and being mixed. Which、yeah. I, I so once that you know how to explain it, I really I get it. I I it's just yeah, it's just um. I do what, think. What, what was it about the story that really resonated with you personally? Like. Like the broken family, she personally like lost both her parents.、Um, mm-hmm. I lost one. Kind of relates,、um, mm-hmm. and then she's just basically creating. Yeah, it's called NFT Dream Room. She wants to basically inspire <laughs> people to yeah go for their dreams in a way.、Um, so、oh, it's like it. really, it. yeah, really cute to hear it, and it made me realize okay, that's what NFTs are about in a way. Right. Yeah, she ha- she hasn't launched it yet.、Um, she's going to launch it. Yeah,、uh, I love that. Strong,、um, strong storytelling. Yeah, yeah. it's very sweet. And、um, yeah, do you think this is going to continue? Do you? Th- I feel like everyone's saying like you know, we're in like a, a、mm-hmm. bubble phase right now. Everyone、yeah. is like talking about it. Everyone's like super hyped about it. Even people who probably don't really understand what it actually is are still talking about it. Like, do you think it's gonna continue? So it's gonna like burst?、Um, no, no, it's gonna get much bigger. I think it'll encapsulate all, almost all, all things eventually. Like, like literally all, you know, colleges,、uh, university, you know, colleges, grade schools,、um, not just in not just in the art, but this we're going to start getting into some very crazy stuff with because you know it's tied. You can tie it to real real world stuff like real estate, and I think I think the most exciting thing for me is、um, I'm a I graduate the journalism degree and. Practice for for a time when I graduated, and you know I'm just journalism's in my blood and my family. You know we're all journalists, and and so you know I saw the, a lot of the, you know as as we know, like what the state of journalism today, globally, I would say. I mean, it's it's not good. Let's just say that, <laughs> and part of it is that journalists. There's a, there's a lot of things happening. You know the pay. The industry is is under attack all the time. There's fake news. There's accusations that that journalists are always you know part of a conspiracy with a, you know either a, a in the liberal camp or the conservative. Like there's always this stuff. Some of it's a lot of it's true, but it doesn't help. Let's just say it, none of that helps the the sustainability of the entire practice. Like that's the problem. So it doesn't matter what you know. There's all these issues. I think we'll start seeing. I think, and a lot of part of it is the the way that the media companies hire journalists and how they control the、um, the their their opinions.、Um, and so, and then you know, all these model, all these old models. They're obviously a lot of them are driven by advertising. So you know, a typical old school journalism. Uh, you know, company would be there would be this publishing house, and then the advertisers pay, and then they hire. That gives them money to hire the journalists. But the problem is, <laughs> if it's if if the advertisers are funding it, that doesn't always. In fact, you know, there's a lot of famous examples of that. That leads to very bad practices in in journalism because then, you know. They can they can pull favors. They can say, "Hey, we're you know we're literally paying your wages. We'll, try not to cover 
our partner over there who's we're partners with and we give a lot of money to you know like that kind of stuff mm, the yeah. corruption and all that the good old boy network and you know then it gets into all these other issues that everyone is probably aware of at some level um and then that in turn brings down it it, it calls into question objectivity and it, it leads to conspiracy and a corruption on so nfts have the power to subvert the institution because a lot of this is is based around institutional power and that could be at a university too so you see this happening a lot or a researcher at a, a science uh researcher that works at a big pharmacy big pharmaceutical billions of dollars but what if that scientist stumbles upon something so groundbreaking for humanity but then they're working under the, you know, under this big pharmacy. Let's use that example. Well, what would happen is it would go through the ranks and the, the, the small secret board of that company would talk about it, decide what to do, should, and they'll have a PR campaign. This is very common. And, and there's so many things that go on with closed doors. What the NFT can do is say that researcher has his own provenance to that thing to to this it, it it stands alone and it's going to be publicly available to anyone the research so they can still work for the institution but this gives the, it gives the power to the nft can allow a check and balance that just wasn't had never existed before so it's like okay you can still do all have your kind of centralized entities that have you know small board members and CEOs and that those will I think those will still continue, but but I think you're going to increasingly find scientists and doctors and you know educators in all kinds of fields that especially in in scientific fields that have that deal with truth in you know truth in all kinds of ways you know the truth behind something and they it's a check and balance it's like saying you know we'll trust you they're not I'm, i don't think they're going to use this nft for constantly talking about the nft that's not the point it's the fact that they have it that they can release their they can release their their findings to the institution like it always would do but it also has a check and balance that this nft which is anybody outside of the company inside of the company can look into the the research themselves so so that would that's going to you know in theory that would keep the institution more honest uh it would be harder to get away with things i'm not saying like it you know it's not some utopia where they there's no more corruption and there's no more of this but i think it's a very powerful way to give to give it a new a chance that we've never had before out in society with and this can go from this this has to do with banks um, I don't know if you're familiar with Pussy Riot. So Pussy Riot is in Russia and, you know, a girl band that kind of punk. They were uh, famously jailed in 2012 by Putin and they went to jail and they pulled, you know, because they their music spoke truth to power and all that stuff. And they're called Pussy Riot, which, you know, didn't go well with the with a lot of the Putin's you know views. So they put them in jail. So when they got out, they kind of became famous for just what they had done 
And so they started to spin that into a new continuation of their brand, I guess you could say. They became really early adopters of NFTs. And when those came out, they knew the power of them. In that situation, maybe maybe you're running for office or something, so you're a higher target. An authoritarian state is going to freeze their bank account. They're going to do a lot of things and no one will know about it. It becomes this he said, she said thing. Well, you did this, but who, who's to prove it? No one can prove it. But with the NFTs... So in this, going back to Pussy Riot, what they did is they started putting their art on the blockchain and NFTs, putting their artwork. I don't, I don't know if they were doing visual arts or a combination of visual and music, but, but basically they were putting these out on market and attached to the NFT and then they were getting paid. Um, so basically what that allowed them to do is continue making a living, but also more importantly, like getting that their messages out because it's not... It's going to the blockchain. It's it's decentralized. They're not tied to the central banks in, in Russia. What are they going to do? They can't they can't seize their money. They can't they can't ruin them financially once that NFT is out of the marketplace. That is very powerful. And I think you're gonna see a lot of political application to both good and bad. It's not gonna be all roses, but just the power of that is where I think you will this is where we're headed. And the interesting thing is it's done through art and art first focus. Art art was the thing that led to this movement. It wasn't just NFTs existing as, oh, they could be used for all these things, these revolutionary things. When I started to realize like oh my God, what's really going on is like NFTs alone, just singularly driving the entire crypto revolution. They are Web3 because they're the cultural people part of Web3. Even blockchain, which I love, but it, blockchain, these are just technologies that support that. The culture and the people are in NFTs. That's the expression of our human, you know, values a t map to the to the blockchain you could say it's really exciting to see where where it's going to go how how many things are going to become nfts yeah it's wild <laughs> yeah so like you studied journalism and did you like are you now in so you're now on the marketing side are you doing like tech stuff related to blockchain or yeah no not the tech side i mean <clears throat> it, my you know i i've done a lot of i mean journalism i just did for a short time but I went into um, design, advertising, and I've gone through all kinds, you know, many. <laughs> I, I did a lot of uh, print work and stuff like that. I've worked for the World Health Organization just on remote remote assignments, um, you know, and had, you know, bigger clients, Nike. and But typically, like, front-facing or, I mean, uh, uh, employee-facing materials. So, and then uh, got into web design and the mostly done web design for most of my career but then marketing was always marketing was always part of that mix and i i just never focused specifically on marketing and then i a couple of years ago i just decided i'm just going to go full into marketing and and um started doing marketing for um small small banks and specifically bank education um with for for like uh, bank educators at a, a banking school in um, here in the U.S., so that's you know I've always tried to merge because it's banking education. I wanted I was before this rush of NFTs and all this stuff. I, I was always trying to find ways for the nonprofit world to combine with mission. You know the mission the you know community banks. That's literally that's in their name community, and they do a lot of you know a lot of the clients that I have like they they work with community people. They don't they don't 
you don't hear about it a lot, but they do a lot of good work. Now through NFTs, I think we're going to start seeing the convergence of like the social impact side on a very big scale attached to financial offerings and financial education. And I think it's exciting. I think that's really exciting because you're now the artist is in a position to drive value to how we make purchases, how we, you know, like this is huge. And I don't, I don't think a lot of people even in NFTs are looking at the opportunity here. So I, I sort of just evangelize that whenever I can, because because I've, I have financial marketing side, I look at things like that, like what are the drivers, why people even buy stuff? You know, what, why are they buying? Why do they make a purchase on anything? And a lot of it is, you know, you know, psychological and emotional. So marketers, you know, they know this stuff. And, uh, but what if we start applying art to it and values that are, that are, we can aspire to that maybe, maybe the, maybe the art represents a community uh, and the community is monetized through crypto. Maybe the purchases of that community will be different than with a, in fiat money, which doesn't, you know, what does fiat money mean? What does the artistic side of fiat money mean to most people? Yes, it has art. It's like an, it's like it has artwork on it, dollar bill or a, a euro. They, they all have, they have a picture and there's artwork and some cool stuff going on. But what does that mean to people? Do you think about it when you make a purchase? <laughs> <laughs> what's, on, what's on the you're, you're like oh i'm gonna this is this is a values that i'm passing on therefore i'm gonna it's influencing my purchasing decision so but what if the what if it's an nft and what if what if the values are so strong in that representation of currency that you actually will decide differently on what you buy into that maybe it's not good to buy something that doesn't represent the values of that of this currency art but this thing over here really represents the values that my the community has been aspiring to this is our this is our mission this is our vision this is a whole different realm of how consumerism even works you know driven by driven by the arts um, versus like driven by quantities and uh widgets you know stock price and all that stuff in crypto you can monetize social impact and big vision and you can put your 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 mo your craziest thoughts on the blockchain and it can be purchased what is that worth to the marketplace you know your vision of something i guess like you can really like just test out your ideas and see what value mm -hmm. other people put on your ideas and then maybe yeah. it might be more than you than you ever thought it would be. Yeah, there's just so many tremendous opportunities. Like when we get into, um, I'm I'm working on this project, this um, Black History NFT project, and and that's kind of what we're trying to show. It's an experiment, you know, to to pair with artists. So we have some really interesting partnerships with that we're developing right now. Um, with like, um, an, there's an artist collective in Africa that I. Um, that I've uh, reached out to and were just really exciting because they can take part in this project of passing on, you know, storytelling <clears throat> through the art, through their art. And then we can attach uh, 
a lot of purpose and utility to the NFT that they produce with it. And they're telling their story. It's not ours. I mean, it's, it's a community story. It's their story. It's their art. It's their vision. And then proceeds of that would go towards anything from, you know, legal services uh, to, you know, nonprofits that are helping, you know, uh, black owned businesses or uh, POC communities that, um, and these are, you know, all over these, these organizations need a lot of help all, all the time. They're always looking for funding, but I think we typically have underfunded a lot of social causes that, because it's charity, it's looked at as charity. It's like, okay, I'll, I'll donate. They might form a community and give you, you know, you, you get to take part in their mission, but generally it's not in a way where you're an owner, right? Like you're not an owner of their mission. You're not an owner of like, I mean, you take any nonprofit or, you know, social cause organization, you know, you can contribute to it or you can volunteer, but you're not ever going to be an owner of it and be able to guide that organization and their objectives. And, and that's what we see happening with NFTs and now DAOs, these things called DAOs. There's a, now the, the NFT is combining with the DAO in these ways. That's why they're combining because the NFT is bringing in the culture people part and building community. And then the DAO is helping the governance part of guide the, the money flow and, and make sure it's transparent and have treasuries and so forth and decide what they're going to give money to. Um, so there, this is another very powerful thing that, you know, you're going to see emerging more and more is these combinations of NFT and, and DAOs, um, NFTs and DeFi, you know, financial, these financial DAOs. To me, like it, it, it's always, it's going to keep coming back to NFTs. That's, that's my, that's why I've decided to focus on it. Cause I'm like, it's, yeah. it's always at some point going to come down to NFTs because it's people. That's the people part of crypto. Yeah, DAOs are. So they are like automatic. So it's like an organization run automatically where there's no boss, actually. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, yeah. It's, you know, in essence, that's, um, I think the automatic part is not so much that it just automatically runs <laughs> like, it, like a, it's more like it doesn't need, it doesn't need a central authority because yeah. it, um, you know, it's the block. The blockchain is is assuring the trust, uh, mitig mitigating a lot of the trust issues that exist in centralized entities. Why do they need a CEO? Like a CEO has to be. You have to have a CEO in a in an organized in a centralized company because any centralized organization because you need someone not just leading it, but they they have a you know what's called like a cap table you know they're they're have they have a obviously some of these ceos get a lot of money so that's that's their you know they they take ownership stake in the company in ways that the rest of the organization doesn't and usually as we see is a lot of these companies it's very unfairly <laughs> you know it's the ceos are making so much money that it just doesn't it's not even, it's like the people working underneath are almost like slave labor at this point because they don't, they don't get to take stock in the, they can buy stock, but they can't, they can't influence the organization in a meaningful way. 
Mm. No, no matter really, how hard they try. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I guess, um, you know, having DAOs means that everyone can contribute and that, like, everyone, it makes, like, work more meaningful for everyone. Like, normally, if you're, like, the founder yeah. of something, you feel, you generally feel like, <laughs> this is my baby, I want to grow it. But people working yeah. for don't, probably don't feel that. But if it's, like, a DAO, right, right. they will. In theory, yeah. I think there's a lot of, there's, we're at such an early stage with the DAOs that they're not, like, magic, you know, it's, there's a lot of problems with, you know, there's some famously bad things, you know, pretty bad things happening right now with some of the DAOs. That's probably going to make regulators really start to investigate what's happening. And so there's, you know, other, everything from illegal activity to um, just not cracked, not what they're cracked up to be when you get into some of the DAOs. Like you, you talk to people who are actually doing stuff in them and it turns out they're, you know, they're, it's, no better than working for some company and you're not making much and you're slaving away you're working 12 hours a day so that and i think that that's not the problem of the dao again this is a community problem this is a community issue just like you can't like would you say companies all companies are bad because of their companies no there's the culture of the company and there there's all the and and in, I think in Web three we that the community is that piece that is always is going to be the deciding factor between a good one and a bad one. Whatever it is, an NFT, a DAO, a, even a cryptocurrency, it's the community behind it and how it's applied and what's the governance like? What's the vision of that community? What's the community vision? Who is the there are you know who's the leaders of this that they're not they're not leaders in terms of like ceo where they get but they but you know let's face it all i think any organization whether it's in web3 or whatever they need leadership you have to have leadership at the top that says that influences people or inspires them to do stuff and so that but that in web3 it typically doesn't mean they're getting paid like they would like a ceo but they can i don't see any reason why they shouldn't get paid it's just even if they were getting paid a lot it's more about the trend in a DAO. the power is the transparency where they can say you know i want to i want to make 10 million dollars but in a traditional company the board would decide and the you know like does it were dessert yeah let's give them 10 million so it's all backdoor dealing you know closed door but in a DAO, it's like i want to make 10 million but i want to I want to put that out to vote. It has to go out to vote for the whole organization now. So there's yeah. a transparency yeah. that, that is there. And so I think that's the part that people don't realize is that it's a, it's more about a trust. It's a trust issue. Yeah. That's the missing piece of the trust factor. It's not about like removing all authority in the, in the organization it's it's about like having trust in those decisions and are we able to trust that decision and in the DAO you can yeah so. no, yeah it's going to be very exciting to see um you know what happens um but I'm aware of time so yeah. like yeah this conversation went by very quick um uh, thank you so <laughs> much for yeah. sharing uh genuinely it's like really Really interesting to see your, your point of view of NFTs. Definitely haven't really heard of this, this part before. 
Um, yeah. I'm sure everyone would like have a new a new perspective on NFTs. Um, final question, uh, well, a few different fun questions is um, like, where would you recommend people go if they want to really educate themselves properly about NFTs and like learn more about it? Um, I would say, you know, there's so many different ways of doing it, but right now, I mean, honestly, I tell people like, just get into something like go, go into a project that you kind of, you feel something for it, like the art or something really speaks to you and, and, you know, don't spend all your money on like all your, your life savings on it, obviously like make it, you know, it should be but I think it should be a little bit like, ah, oh, that's kind of, it's a little bit expensive, but it should be, I should think it should be, because I think that brings up a kind of a, you're going to appreciate it more, frankly, yeah. you're going to, and, and so I'm not, I'm not saying like, you know, again, it's not financial advice. People can do what they want, but I would say get into a project that you've researched enough a little bit about what, look at the founder behind it, really the team, like that's what I would look at the most. And then buy into it. And through that process, you're going to learn a lot. Even just the purchasing of it, you will learn a ton. And then have just knowing that process and then getting into the community maybe and really take part, you will learn all kinds of things that you did you just didn't know. And from that, I think you can learn a lot of other Web3 things like DAOs and, and DeFi and all the other stuff attached to that. All that NFT, so that would be my advice. Just buy into, get go yeah. get something you like. <laughs> yeah. Treat yeah. yourself, guys. Treat yourself right. Yeah. How can people find you if they want to find you and like get to know more of what you do about um, brand new voice? Yeah, um, I so I'm at brandnewvoices.co. There's right now it's under it's being overhauled. I'm mostly on LinkedIn to be honest, and the, LinkedIn and Twitter. Um, so you can find me there. If you just type in Corrales, <laughs> Corrales, you'll find me. Your but, uh, profile pic is a, is it crypto? It, so that it's not, it's a, it's a, it's sort of a derivative project. Um, it's, it's called uh, Expansion Punks and it's actually a diversity. Uh, they're, they're bringing more diversity into the crypto punks world. Um, so it's a, it's an interesting one. You should check it out. It's a lot of, a lot of, uh, talk about inclusion and diversity and that's that's the whole purpose of that nft so that's the reason why you got it then yeah yeah, yeah. exactly mm -hmm. so yeah thank you so much and make sure to check out corrales um and yeah i hope everyone learned something new i this is like i really definitely one of my favorite episodes <laughs>